0: The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of wic The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece WIC-nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful! Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wic ba da Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. A roast as dark as the night,
1: and MJ, it's Rivervale. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Welcome to our, the beginning of our arc storyline here of the beginning first five episodes of season six.
2: You might be asking yourself, where am I? (laughs) What season is it? What show is it? Who am I? Like, and we don't have answers there. We what here's what we know. There's about to be 5 episodes. One is down. We one is done. That's what we're talking about here. The show is now called Rivervale. Uh and it is like a Jughead is Rod Sterling and there are it is Calvin Ball. There are no rules and I'm actually No, rules actually, is right, baby. I'm actually extremely excited to talk about this episode. I agree with Jackie. I also loved it. And of course, there were things in it that I didn't love, but like plot points. Oh,
1: like Uncle Daddy? Mostly Uncle Daddy.
2: Uncle Daddy and Alice Cooper. Done. I
1: hate it. Hate it. He's not charming. No, you just say it? No, I hate his character. And then also you're just going to drop in the fact that he can't stop Alice because he has a dead wife and kid, but we, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of ourselves. No,
2: but that's exactly what I'm, that's the only part of this episode that had me pissed (laughs) off because I was like, What? You're gonna drop massive backstory from Uncle Daddy, but at the same time, somehow keep him the most boring ass. He is the Eric of daddies. He's like, why are you here? Who are you? You have no personality. You're just, you try to be given a personality by being like war. But like, there's there's no character development. Like, who are you? And why does Alice Cooper fall for you when she has a history of being with, not Hal, but like FP of like a hot daddy. This is a boring daddy. So I didn't like that. But I did love the Twilight zoniness of it. I could tell that even more than regular Riverdale, it was like full, rich with cultural references that I knew I was missing that were going over my head, but I knew they were there. And I'm so excited to talk about what, is it explain it Jackie
1: what is this Man so magic has come back to Rivervale that is not it wasn't there beforehand but it does always make me think of Jonathan Strange and Mr Norell, which is one of my favorite books when magic has come back to England and when he says it it gives me chills and you know what this episode did give me chills so i was reading an interview with Roberto Aguirre Sacasa yes the showrunner of Riverdale now Rivervale who's talking about this five arc Episode and what I liked about this because everything that they are uncovering in this what are, what they are now trying to expose us to I was like you can't tell me that this is gonna be just five episodes and then it none of it ever happened right which is why Jeff called this right up top because right in the very beginning Archie and Betty are laying in bed and and he's like remember that like bum that went off right. And it's Archie is the one that is kind of coherent at times of like, so Jeff thinks that Archie is in a coma from the blast underneath the bed. Uh, However, the, what Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa is saying is that the events that are happening in this arc will manifest in real Riverdale after the five episode arc. Right. So magic is now in Riverdale forever. And so whatever this arc is going to be, like, that is still a thing. Okay,
2: right. So so to review, we last left our our heroes, Betty and Archie, in bed. Making out. Making out, about to up, And then they hear a tick, tick, tick. And they're like, what the? Uh-oh, it's a bomb. And then we see Hiram walking away from Riverdale with a big fiery explosion in the background. Very much implying that Betty and Archie have just been exploded in a bomb. Blown ups. And... So now we come and uh, Jughead is like Rod Sterling. He's like, ooh, it's it's the town of Rivervale. They don't explain why it's Rivervale now. They're just like, this is our town. It has the same sign. It has the same people. Everything's kind of the same, but also it's a little alternate different. Alternate dimension. Like, for example, Betty and Archie are in a different bed and in a different room than the last time we saw them, perhaps yes. because they listened to our constant complaining about why they were in Archie's childhood bedroom. Get in the main bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, something... like So, Betty and Archie were in a different room than, like, where we last saw them, but a lot of the other settings were the same. Like, the Cooper house was the same. Yes. But, like, you know what I mean? So, there was, like, some things were the same, some things were different, and it is very Twilight zone in the sense of, like, everything feels just, like, a little bit uncanny. Like, some things, most things... And and Archie remembers the bomb, but Betty's like, wow, what a bad dream you had. So you're not quite sure what is real and what is fake, but it is true that Archie... For the entirety of this episode, Archie's the one who seems to have, like, one foot in Riverdale and one foot in Rivervale. Yes,
1: because he does realize that what's going on is kind of off, which is why. All right. So what's going on with this? Right. And I will. I've got other like because Jeff said it right up top Then we notice other times when like things were coming through the veil into Rivervale. We got we talked way too much about this episode. Last <laughs> I night. love so. hearing Jeff's relationship with
2: Riverdale. I it's very sweet
1: (laughs) we talk so much about it
2: my husband if he watches is just like oh god and then we watch it and (laughs) and then we never (laughs) speak of it again
1: I think it would probably be better for a relationship if we did that. (laughs) I will say we don't talk about it literally any other time except for right after we watch it and then we don't speak of it again Uh either. It is like watching Riverdale's watching A Fever Dream. It's like, (laughs) did that really happen? And is this actually going on? And so a lot. They crammed into this episode. Also, if you guys remember, the last time we talked about Cheryl Blossom. Yeah. All right, so we got it, guys. She is now a full-blown, complete, not only is she a witch, but she now also has a school, uh, a teaching... Young witches. Another band of orphans, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Yeah,
2: finally some girl orphans. Girl orphans now. And it is like a girl power. It's like Cheryl's brand of like
1: kind of shallow girl power witch school, which I love. Very shallow. Very (laughs) shallow, though. And it is like they're, they're, you know, they sup on the maple syrup, but all of the maple syrup trees have run dry. So they realize because they have to sacrifice... Something to what is it? The woman that walks amongst the trees—is that what the—is that the the Mama Gaia name that they are using, right? The woman that walks amongst the trees. I think
2: that's right, right. And I was a little bit confused about that too because certainly in Riverdale, Cheryl had kind of like stumbled upon worshiping like the 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 Earth Goddess. Yes, and I and and now it seems more like they're. Maybe trying to serve, like, it seems like she's less like a goddess and more like a haunting ghost or or, or the, 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 the ghost of. You got to the...
1: sacrifice the goddesses, <laughs> too, though, MJ, you got to sacrifice the goddesses, too. They are benevolent, but you must pay them respect. Because there's
2: also, right, like the wronged spirit of, of Abigail, um, oh, whatever, God. which is awesome. Cheryl's. Yeah. Uh, ancestor who was burned at the stake by Archie, Betty, and Jughead's ancestors.
1: So this is very, if you think about it, too. Think about like the Fear Street trilogy. It is very much like that of like, okay, so Extremely this is an exactly old. The same. Curse. Yes, it is exactly the same. <laughs> well, what I like about Robert and Sakasa is he openly was like, obviously, like I am very, you know, inspired by. Midsommar. I'm very uh-huh. inspired by the the original Wicker Man. I'm uh-huh. very inspired by like, he's like, he's been wanting to put these elements in, but he happened to, put, and also the short story, The Lottery, which is what happens with Archie, but we will get there. So Cheryl now and her coven of youngs, they're all wearing the same outfit, look great with their archery, bows. <laughs> very into it. But now Cheryl, since the maple syrup trees have run dry, and what does... Oh, God, so much happened in this episode. Thornhill has seceded from Riverdale. It's a sovereign nation. I've been waiting waiting for a sovereign
2: nation to be on (laughs) Riverdale.
1: I can't believe that it wasn't Hiram that started the sovereign nation. No, it is Cheryl Blossom. Thornhill is her estate where the maple syrup trees run wild and the witches also run orphanly (laughs) through the woods. So now that they have seceded... Archie decides, him and his crew, because he always has a crew, him and his crew are gonna go plant a bunch of maple trees in River Vale so that they can still have access to the maple syrup. I like that they talk about maple syrup as if it is... The electricity yes. in the town is if it's like a, like a, f- the, the a gas food staple, pumps.
2: like like maize, you it's know. Maple or- syrup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is maple fucking syrup. So of course Cheryl's like, you can't, you can't do it. So she makes a bunch of puppets. And I feel like Betty, the amount of time she said the word puppets <laughs> made me think of caramel when she said caramel. <laughs> And pu- the way she's puppet, oh, she's made a puppet. She's got a, oh, it's a fertility puppet. <laughs> so she's making, so Cheryl and the girls are making puppets. <laughs> and they're all inscribed or embroidered with RB, stands for Rose Blossom. And yes, that is Nana Rose. So is it Nana Rose making the puppets and not Cheryl and the girls? Who knows? Oh, I totally say, missed that detail. Oh, yeah. That's all, Jeff. Jeff is a little my little detective. <laughs> and so... It said R.B. on it could also stand for something else we don't know. So Cheryl is trying to get them to stop planting more maple syrup trees. So what does she do? She also knows she needs to have a sacrifice for the woman who walks amongst the trees. So all of this is now shaded in. It's very vignette it's very even. At some point, Jughead brings up the fact that this reminds him of Creepshow because each one of them are going through their own torments right. now. Right, because Cheryl is the puppet master trying to get them all to come to her for help. So they are united. Witch help.
2: They all have a different storyline. Each kind of introduced by Rod Sterling, Jughead, but each they are united by each having like a desperate need for something that only
1: Cheryl can fix. So honestly, dude, great fucking episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed how like I even as I'm talking about it, like, man, she like they laid in so much here because openly Roberto Aguirre Sacasa is like, we needed to reinvigorate this yes, show. It was, they had
2: beaten the dead horse and there was it really there was worked. nothing left of Riverdale to do. It was just
1: it was a ghost
2: wagon. Yes. Like it
1: really was just like <laughs> I mean it got to a point where he's like, who is Heading this, again, back to the idea of like Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa just strapped onto a train like a mad (laughs) hatter. Like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah! But now it's a little bit more focused. And now it's a lot more about witchcraft. One thing that I do know is that this is all going to be tied in with Sabrina. Right. And I'm excited about it. So did you watch any of Sabrina, MJ? I did not. I did not watch old Sabrina nor new Sabrina. Okay. So the new Sabrina, although I... What didn't hit all of the marks of which I wanted, it was rock and roll. Okay, So I think that the way that they are bringing Riverdale and like to meet up with Sabrina, like with the big blood moon in this, um, it is, I think that they're really turning up the heat in Riverdale and it makes me very excited. So you brought up the fact that, so Jughead is like completely breaking the fourth wall. He is the host of this show now. Right. And... He is also, in the same time, he's moving in with Tabitha, which is very fast. He's moving in with Tabitha. He's lost a bunch of weight. I don't know if you've noticed, but he definitely is like cut back on the booze or something. But Cole Sprouse looks great. I was actually, I was, He's he, he looked cleaned up but he still does look a little boozy to me,
2: but maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm you wrong. You know, I
1: love a boozy boy. <laughs> I mean, I
2: love a. I, I probably look a little boozy myself, but <laughs> he did look, like last season he was so scraggly and he had all these like weird facial hair patches and I was, and we were like concerned about not Jughead, but Cole Sprouse. Cole and Sprouse he does, as a person. <laughs> he, he does, he does look great. He's all cleaned up and I like him, you know, so, so, of course he's always been like the, the, the voice So like, like, Season one of Riverdale starts with him being like my old pal Archie Andrews. Like he's always been the storyteller. Yes, but I like that they make him explicitly the narrate the the kind of Rod Sterling like in another dimension, kind of introducing each story. You
1: know, yeah, I really, I I genuinely like it. So he's moving in with Tabitha, and they have a cursed home, and they can't get rid of the because curse. Jughead
2: killed a spider. Because Jughead
1: killed a spider inside of the home, and you're not supposed to do that. And I will say that a lot of that myth is debunked because um, if you take a house spider and take it outside, sometimes they die immediately anyway. I just saw Because of the difference that. of their environment.
2: Today, so, yeah, you're supposed to let them yeah. stay in your house.
1: We don't touch them. To let them stay in the house. We, just we don't leave. touch them. Yeah. You got to leave them unless they are, you know, unless they are literally on me, which is when I kind of freak out. Yeah. But, so he kills the spider, they are cursed, and then there's- bugs in their entire, so it does, it is very reminiscent of the original Creepshow movie, the Romero uh, Creepshow, where the, um, he's like a crazy, like, doesn't like any kind of scuzz, Oh, what's it called when you don't like any germs? Germaphobe. It's a germaphobe. But then his whole apartment, his hermetically sealed apartment, gets filled with cockroaches. So, and he doesn't know how they're getting in. So it's like him losing his mind. So that is very much what is happening with Tabitha and Jughead. So what do they do? Uh Uh-oh, it's cursed. They have to go to Cheryl to fix the curse. And so that's the two of them. Then we have our new power couple, apparently. I, you know what? Ronnie... You're becoming your father, and I don't fucking like it. Ronnie and Reggie together. We've got our veggie back together, and I love Reggie. Yeah. Okay, I love a himbo. I know. I Be love nicer a himbo to him, too. you bitch.
2: I know. I love a himbo who stands up for himself. He really is like, hey, Veronica, there's a scene in this episode where he's like, are you uh, just using me to go back to Wall Street? Because, the, again, they're building a casino. I think we've already done this plot line before, but they are still running with it. And she's like, no, 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 I'm in this with you. And then she makes floor plans for the casino and she forgot to give Reggie an office. And he's like, She did uh, make
1: him an office.
2: <laughs> and he's so sad. And he's like, wow, if you really cared about me, wouldn't you have given me an office? And that was a really good scene because Veronica looks like a piece of shit. She was like, oh, yeah, uh... I'll make a call and fix it, and he was like, "Too late." And I, Good for you, I stand above. No, yes,
1: I loved it, I, but I hate their relationship. I love the fact that yes, I will say this episode brought the fucking sexy back. They did fuck on a pile of one hundred dollars. <laughs> I found bills. that to really that creep me really out. Hot. I was
2: like, <laughs> I do not ever want to fuck on a pile of money.
1: I just always think about the. I'm like. It's so dirty.
2: It's so dirty. Oh,
1: that's I really can only ever think about how dirty it is. Like unless you leave all your clothes on and your none of the genitals get anywhere near the money. Yeah, none of the it genitals. maybe it
2: all just came from the bank. Like it's like new, Even never then. used bills. Still, yeah,
1: but then they're all sharp.
2: It it's they're gonna, all crunchy. It's gonna have that cash smell. It's just uh, not. I don't want it. I don't want not, it.
1: It's not my thing. But I still. I mean, I'll watch Reggie do anything without clothes on. Any day. Yeah. Uh, They really did up a lot of the sexiness in this episode. Again, thank you writers for listening to us. I know you (laughs) listen after days after their episode releases every week um, to hear what we have to say. And thank you. You heard our cries. So Jughead and Tabitha are going to Cheryl. The witch for help now. Right? And they're,
2: why, what's their, they need help just for their, their relationship.
1: Gotta get rid of the curse. Gotta yeah. get rid of the curse on the
2: apartment. Oh, Jughead. Yes, Jughead and Tabitha. What's, what's, what's Veronica and Ved and, and, Uh, Reggie's curse just that they're not getting along I
1: guess they're not getting along they need a little bit of help yeah and maybe for more money right right they're whatever it is I don't even know I don't even remember if they specifically went to Cheryl for anything but they're in the crew now all right they're tied to Cheryl
2: well and all the whole episode I kept being like why is everyone talking to Cheryl who is obviously who is a who is obviously a witch and has seceded from town? And Veronica's just like girl talk. Art, you know, Reggie's mad at me, and then Cheryl's like, "I can help." And it's like, okay, but you're obviously making a deal with the
1: devil, don't you see this? But sometimes you know what it doesn't matter. Yeah. you got to make that deal, babe. Yeah, you got to make that deal. Just like um, Tony and Fangs, that's a whole weird. You know what? Fair weather serpents. I say. They are fair-weather serpents. I feel like they only bring out the fact of like, well, we are serpents whenever they fucking need it. Like when their <laughs> baby is colicky and they go to what I also, I think my favorite part about Rivervale is that Dr. Curdle Jr. is now just a regular doctor. Just a,
2: a pediatrician as well as the mortician. And an OBGYN and, an
1: OB-GYN. and a GP. He's just, <laughs> he's just the doctor of Riverdale. And Rivervale, excuse me. And I will say, I think that he's much creepier As a regular person, than he is as a um, funeral man. Uh, Yeah. Funeral man. It's it's very (laughs) early. I'm sorry. (laughs) Especially
2: giving advice. Mortician. Mortician. um, A dead body guy. And because when he's giving advice on like the live baby uh, Tony of Tony and Fangs. I mean, I actually really enjoyed this plot line because uh, when a baby they're is- they're so hot, they're so hot. A, B, when a baby is colicky, they the they really don't tell you. There's like nothing. They're like I don't know. There's like it just there's nothing. So Doctor Colonel Junior being like, yeah, you can either put a green frog in their mouth, uh, or just just get earplugs. Like they like I feel like when my baby was colicky, everybody was just like, yeah. Uh, you gotta just wait it out, like nothing you can do. So the desperation that Tony and Fangs have of trying to figure out how to get their baby to stop screaming actually did resonate with me.
1: But at the same time, though, MJ, if a doctor said, okay, you can try this old wives' tale and you can put a toad in your baby's mouth, or you can follow the gang rule that if if a gang member has a colicky baby, they just... Leave them in the forest overnight. Overnight, and come and get them in the morning. <laughs> now, if you're gonna, this is my favorite. one, Jeff was like, he paused it. He's like, if you were gonna choose between putting a toad in a baby's mouth or leaving them in the forest by themselves overnight, wouldn't you put the fucking toad in the baby's mouth? It's like, 100%. yeah, I'd probably put the toad in the baby's mouth. I, I think I would have put the toad in the baby. Especially if a baby screaming like that, put the toad in the baby's mouth. Yeah.
2: Yeah, baby's not going to choke on the toad. It's going to last no. a few seconds. It'll be fine. The toad yeah, sucks out the colic, according to Dr. Colonel Jr. I'm not going to be able to rest it myself if the baby is out in the woods on a tree stump, but that's what Tony and Fangs decide to try. So they're going to go drop the baby off, but who happens to be there?
1: <laughs> Ooh, she's becoming a little rumpled still skin, isn't she? <laughs> they're like, Addy, give me the baby. Give me the baby. It's like, get away from my hay. <laughs> but she's being a little, little skin Cheryl, comes out and is like, I can help you with your gulky baby. And she goes, oh, yes, please. And that, you're right. I do completely agree with that. In the same way that, okay, talk about too fucking soon. Betty, can you fucking cool it? Y'all are 25 years old. And she and Archie are like, I think it's time to start having a baby. Like, okay, I'm not fully against anyone that chooses to have a baby at the age of 25. However, y'all like just got together. He's got PTSD that he's still working on. There's a lot of issues like, you know, Betty, you just killed like many people. Like, you were like just being a like acting as a sex worker to torture truck drivers on the road. Let me cool it on the baby, you know, just like for a
2: year. I think that a serial killer might still be hunting her,
1: right? Serial killer genes. And you want to pass on those serial killer genes? Is that no one thinking about the serial bring up killer They didn't the genes? serial
2: killer gene. Oh, my God. They're just yeah. thinking about how Betty's like, I've wanted to make a family with you since I was in sixth grade. And Archie, of course, is just like, I'm young and dumb. My dad was a young and oh. dumb when he became a dad, and I want to be just like him. And... It makes me poor Luke Perry, RIP. And it does make me wonder if they would have made Archie's character so annoying if he didn't have to be completely defined by his desire to be exactly like Fred Andrews. Maybe he would still be. I feel like he always would have been, though. Yeah. He was always that character. He was always a simple.
1: Weirdly works. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, it does. It does weirdly work. Um, but he's always a simple boy. And he has to now he's obsessed with just doing ex- everything that his father did, and his father became a young dad, and so he wants to become a young dad. And so what do we get now? Trigger warning: It's an infertility plotline, uh, w- including what I found to be like a pretty offensive conversation between Archie and Betty about when Betty finds out that she's infertile because of the curse, as along with a lot of other young women in Riverdale. And she's like, "What about five other young
1: women, Doctor Kirtle, Can you imagine Doctor Kurtle sliming up towards your pussy and be like get away from me? <laughs> literally anyone else? I'd rather almost anyone else look at my pussy outside of Doctor Kirtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. With his long hair, just like getting in it. Like, I feel like he doesn't put his hair back. You know, he doesn't. <laughs> but remember when
2: he was so into Josie and the Pussycats? That really redeemed Dr. Girdle
1: Jr. For I me. know. I know. He's cute, I guess. But
2: then Archie's like, <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to adapt it, baby. I
1: hate I I want that baby. Oh,
2: my baby. I was so pissed off. Very I was like, upset about Fuck it. Fuck off, Archie. Fuck, Fuck off with this whole Like, I don't like it when shows, as somebody who, 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 you know, was in a fairly agonizing feeling, uh, infertility situation for a while. I hate when shows just like, throw it in there for a plot point. It's like... This is something that is going to immediately upset a lot lives. of people. It's going to ruin their experience watching this episode. You know, like, I. so I I do not like that. And I do the way that they talked about adoption was just so fucked up. I don't even remember
1: exactly what art. What no, said. No, I also <laughs> was upset. I think that was the, between that and Uncle Daddy. Those are the two things. I was like, all right. It's just like, Except come on. Except for the ends justifying the means. Yes. I do kind of feel like where we end up in the end, which we will get to in a moment, does then I'm like, oh, I'm mad at him. I'm mad at this situation. I hate that, like, Betty is now just immediately, like, throwing in the towel and, you know, and he's weirdly against adoption. But it actually is all for a reason. Yes. Which we will find out because what does <laughs> Betty do? She's so upset. She's so upset because, though, you know, the only, like, the only carnival in town told her that she can't have a baby.
2: The, the the like one to two weeks they've been trying to have a baby, it hasn't worked, and so it's time to do and a curse. So now,
1: oh, uh, it's time to do. She gotta get. You know what? She gotta go to the witch. So she goes to Cheryl, and she's like, Cheryl, what do I do? I need to have a baby put inside of me. So she gets bewitched. And um, what I will say is that she does get filled with seed by the end of the. Episode, but we didn't even talk about the Maple Festival, and I think that it would be hoove us to discuss <laughs> the Maple Festival because one of the times that Archie was like, wait a second, what's going on? Because if you recall in the disillusion dissolving of Riverdale, not River Riverdale. They put in charge a gang leader, an ex-con, a media woman, and a girl who never lived in Riverdale um, in charge as an oligarchy over Rivervale. Right, there's a town council. Still don't understand it. There's a town council.
2: And remind me, the four people you just named were on the council. Gang leader,
1: Tony. Tony. Ex-con, Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. Media woman, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Girl who never lived in Riverdale, Tabitha. Tabitha. There's <laughs> no reason for the four of them to be the heads of Riverdale. Absolutely none. But they are. And so they made a deal with Cheryl that the whole town would go to the seceded sovereign state of Thornhill to have a maple festival. And so they have to compete in sexy, different events to see who's going to be the maple king and the maple queen. I just, I love- This is all jammed into this episode, guys.
2: I love how Riverdale works in terms of being like, when an event happens in the town, everyone in the town has to go. Like, I kind of, as somebody who grew up in a small town, it does kind of, it did kind of feel like that. It's like, oh, there's a- Whatever, however stupid the event was, like there's a, there's a 4th of July parade. Everyone has to go, you know, and so it's like, I do kind of like that. They're like, well, the person who seceded from the town has called a harvest festival and therefore we all must go. The whole town must go. And yes. so
1: go, they do. It's very Midsommar. And then you've got all the like young orphan girls doing the maypole thing, just like in Midsommar. With their archery sticks and they're having fun. But then Jughead and Archie both eat, <laughs> one eats 116 pancakes and the other one eats 119 pancakes in the pancake eating competition. That is, there's no way. And then, what does Archie do right after? What's the next event? Saw a sawing big dog. a big old tree. Yeah, I was like, fine. I'm like, he's gonna be puking. That's exactly what Kenny said. Everywhere, can you imagine? But I will say. Great shot of Reggie and Archie just with their muscles rippling in the hot heat of the festival, trying to saw a tree in half. And
2: it's very loaded because Reggie feels like he's never going to match up to Archie. He's so insecure with Veronica because, to be fair, they, Archie and Veronica, were in a relationship for a very long time, on again, off again. And Reggie is just kind of like, where do I stand? And. Um, I actually, it feels extremely natural and way better to me for Veronica and Reggie to be together and for Betty and Archie to be together. I was surprised by how quickly I adapted to Betty and Archie being together. And I want to be like, you know, Reggie, you have no idea. You don't have anything to worry about because like Archie is very happy with Betty. He makes way more sense with her, but Reggie is very Feeling very insecure. And so he's trying to saw faster. Yeah, yeah. But he
1: loses he to lives, Archie. Lives, he loses to Archie. And um, I will now then will lead us to our final event to see who becomes the head of the Maple Festival. And and it's a hatchet throwing competition. <laughs> and Betty goes up against him. Now, I also forgot to say earlier, remember the Poppets? The poppets they kept finding in, like, so that that the Cheryl girls were placing in the forest to try to scare them away from planting the maple trees. I forgot that she found out at the FBI. Oh, yeah. At the FBI, she found out that the poppet was actually a fertility symbol. Forgot but about But that this. 50 years ago, a drifter had been murdered on the property of Thornhill, heart ripped out, and poppet shoved down their throat. So what does she do? She steals said poppet, puts it under the bed before they make fuck again. Which, great, fine with it, here for it. And then she goes, ah, why don't we put this little sucker under our mattress tonight and try to make a baby? Which, man, if there is one way to get a person hard, it is to <laughs> say that line. And I am obviously joking. She's very... Very forceful with Archie about making a baby, but I do think at this point it's because she is now under lock and key mentally from the puppet. Ah, uh,
2: yes, right. She's, she's been a bit consumed by the yes. – she's been a bit fertility fertility crazed by the puppet.
1: She's fertility crazed by the puppet. So – they make fuck. And I believe that she referred to as make it. I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. What did I've they always say? W- oh, no. That was Veronica. I've always wanted to make it on a bed of money. Yes. I did write that line down because Thank that you. was horrific. It was a horrific <laughs> thing to say. I always wanted to make it on a bed of money. I just. Yeah. Oh, I don't God, like that. Yuck I'm <laughs> um, sorry. So they had already banged. And so they got to throw the, throw the hatchet. Betty wins. Betty's the Maple Queen. Don't know what that means. But then we do... We will find out a little bit of Midsommar in a little bit. Because what what do they do? They go home. They make fuck on the poppet bed. And then in the middle of the night, Archie wakes up to a phone call from Kevin saying that they have Betty. So they... He goes and finds her because Kevin is always in the woods. Yeah. He's been he was in the woods. He was the one that alerted them to everything this entire time. It was just like, oh, I was just to run in the woods. Oh yeah. I wasn't like fucking in the woods, but I did find this poppet, you know?
2: He loves to cruise. Can't take it out of them.
1: Always cruising in the woods. There's other places, Kevin. <laughs> you gotta get out of Rivervale, babe. So, there's a crazy maple ritual over at Thornhill, and what is going on? Everyone's wearing the same clothes as the uh, gang of roving orphan girls, and Archie doesn't understand what's happening. This is another time, oh, I forgot to say, during the pancake eating competition, when Jugged looks over to him this is all Jeff Jeff completely called this J- Jugged looks over to him and was like I love you man and like looked at his eyes and Archie was like yeah yeah bro I love you too and Jeff was like that's that's coming through the veil. That's coming through the, like, the Coba veil. Yeah. That's jug headed real life. And I was like, God damn it, you're good. Totally. So I really think, so now that I can't not, I can't unsee it now. And before when the council came to Cheryl, Archie was like, why are you guys in here? Why are you saying yes to this? Like, he's so confused the entire time. Yes. And you think, oh, that's just dumb fuck right. Archie. <laughs> to, which, yeah, to be yes. fair,
2: Archie is all, always confused all through every episode. But this is a little different. Yeah.
1: But now, okay, this is where Jeff's being a hashtag nerd boy really does come to shine. So he's there, given as a like as the winners and as the runner up. Archie's given this pie, and Jeff then goes, "It's the sin eater," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I guess that they, I wasn't listening. Sometimes when Cheryl starts. Rambling, I stop listening. Cheryl that have out there. a scene
2: where she was like, "I'm making a sin Talking. pie." She's making
1: the sin pie, and he's like, "That's a." Scene. He's like, "I thought that they were going towards this episode of the Night Gallery." So again, this is the same Night Gallery that Jeff referred to in the like vignette episode of Riverdale. So rather than Twilight Zone, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa might be obsessed with. The Night Gallery, which is the other Rod Sterling show about like, but they had like short supernatural plays instead of just the regular Twilight Zone. So this episode is called The Sins of the Fathers. And now I want to watch it because apparently it is very upsetting. Um, and it is set in the Middle Ages. And it is about the idea of, I'm about to botch this because now this is secondhand, but I want to, I really want to watch this episode of like, Eating the sins and then you will die from eating. Like, usually you take food and you put it on top of a dead body so that the body, like, you, the food absorbs the sins from the body. And then the sin eater comes to the town and eats the food and then dies as the, like, cycle of sin, essentially. Good to God. Get, to, like, be able to give that dead body freedom. And then I think it keeps going.
2: Ugh. Do you ever just thank God that you weren't born
1: in the Middle Ages, dude? Oh my God, I just I love taking a shower. You know, like <laughs> I can't, I could never. It's like they did truly believe this. So, our Jesus an eater, so he eats the pie. Betty encourages him to eat the pie, even though he doesn't really want to because he had eaten 119 pancakes earlier that day, and then he gets sacrificed for the town's sins as a way to have every, like that's the power that they need. And then Cheryl rips his heart out. Through in his stomach, by the way. Every, through his stomach, very difficult. I don't know how she got all the way up. Yeah, she cuts the slit. And I was like, oh, is he? I thought at first she was taking out a rib. And I was like, oh, are they are going to do one of those kind of things? But they weren't. No, she goes up under the ribs, I guess, to get that heart out.
2: And mind you, Kevin set up Archie because Kevin is there participating. The whole town is participating, and Betty is like, "Honey, I love you so much. I'm with Seed, but she's got that Betty glazed over look oh, in her she's eyes. Glazed. She's glazed. And she's
1: <laughs> great at playing crazy. Can we throw that out is. there, Betty, for the win? She Lily Reinhardt is very good at playing like." naturally crazy. Yeah,
2: she's but that that's my favorite version of Betty is when something has come over Betty. And so something has come over Betty. She is not herself and she's like I've got our child. I'm holding I I'm, I'm carrying our child, but somebody has to be sacrificed so that our child can live. And So that in
1: 25 years he'll be crowned the Maple King.
2: Yeah, I didn't totally follow that part. I was like aren't you the Maple Qu-? I didn't I didn't totally understand why they needed to kill Archie other than that he was a sacrifice. And so and that everybody was down with it because everybody who had gone to Cheryl for help was like, she was like, I'll help you, but you have to do what I say. Yeah, you gotta do what and I so say. so she's got, everybody is indebted to her, including Jughead, including, I don't know why Kevin's indebted to her, but everyone is indebted to her. And so they're all there and they're all ready to gleefully kill Archie and and they just all sta- stand there with their, with their cult-like eyes. We've, you know, this is cult, cult. cult again. Cult. Yeah. And uh, they're all like, "Yeah, kill him!" And they truly kill him. He's dead. He's
1: dead. I mean, he's at least going to be dead. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa said for the next episode. But he is? what I will say, he's going. Yes, really. And what Roberto Aguirre Sacasa said is that, like, essentially, yes, all of this is done in an alternate universe. However ramifications in Riverdale will still proceed. And I don't know what that means. He's shrouding it in mystery, and I'm very intrigued. But straight up, Archie gets fucking killed at the end of this. And you know what? It is is a lot of, like, my fantasies um, (laughs) realized, and I had absolutely no idea that that's scary, but I mean that only because of the character, not because of the real-life person. I'm distinguishing between the two. But what we didn't yell about is uncle daddy and how the reason why uncle daddy and Alice Cooper were involved is because Alice Cooper was like fucker don't you realize I want you to have sex with me and he's like I would have sex with you but I can't because remember when I was a mercenary yeah I had a secret wife and a secret daughter but nobody knew about it and then one day you know so I just can't be with you and that is like essentially what he said and I look at Jeff I was like Did he just imply that his wife and daughter were murdered by another mercenary when someone found out about it? But he didn't say it. All he said was, like, and you know, they, yeah, I was like, I didn't want, I I was like, what does that mean? I didn't want anyone
2: to find out about them,
1: but then somebody did find out.
2: And yeah, d- strongly implying that he had a wife and daughter we've never heard about before. He's never mentioned to Archie in all their male bonding times. Never brought it up. And now he just tells Alice, oh yes, I had a wife and daughter and also they're dead and that's why I don't want to kiss you, even though you're very hot and you shouldn't take it personally. Because poor Alice is feeling very upset about being rejected. Meanwhile, Alice you deserve better. I love that this is not a mystical plotline at all. It's like no, totally you could have been a regular this. regular plotline in a regular Riverdale episode but she's just like, "Man, I always fall for the what does she say? Like the the you know, silent types or whatever." And so they decide that they're just going to go to the harvest festival together and see what happens. And I'm mad about
1: it. I'm mad about it too. I hate it. He is not Luke. Perry. He is not as good at it. He really is not. Like He's just I'm just I hate the character. Yeah, he's not. He's a mercenary. He's not. Yeah,
2: he he just has no they just have not developed his. There's a lot of characters on Riverdale. Honestly, sorry, Kevin being one of them, where it's just like you have not invested in this character. I love Kevin. I love that he's like the queer character, but he's so one dimensional, he's just like flim flammy. All he does is go to the woods and cruise, he and he sometimes cruising. directs musicals. Like, it's like develop <laughs> in the character, invest in the character. I don't think there is much to be developed with Uncle Daddy, whereas there is with Kevin, but they're just not trying. They're just like, Yeah, this guy, he's here, whatever. He you is like him? Here. And we don't like
1: it. I know, but I love him. It's like I would love for them to flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah. But we can't have everything, MJ, can we? No. Sad news for Alice Cooper
2: because she loves this fucking doofus now. Um and I did Ugh. gideon was like, have you ever seen Young? Alice Cooper and I hadn't, and boy, oh, mama <laughs> me.
1: <mia. Even laughs> oh, I hotter forgot than... you haven't seen Twin Peaks or anything. I, n- n- I've seen
2: like a few episodes of Twin Peaks, but I had not. I, and I knew she was in Twin Peaks, but I, I had not made like the connection. I knew she was like oh, yeah. also She's hot as shit, a, like a, a similar like like uh, Skeet and Luke Perry. That it's she like was a, Laura like a yeah. right? That she was like a young, you know, a, a, a hot, ah. hot young in the eighties, nineties. But like, yeah, I did not know how hot. Damn, no.
1: And Uncle Daddy doesn't fucking deserve her. You should bow down to her, <laughs> Uncle Daddy, but that is it. We gotta stop screaming about Riverdale right now, and we are not going to be back next week because it is Thanksgiving week, but then we are going to be back with a double header the following week of extra screaming about both of them. yeah, and um i'm I don't know how if this is any indication i I don't know how we're going to do two episodes and what like we're gonna have to. It's going to be a long episode, is what I'm saying. It's going to be a long Riverdale roundup. We're going to have a lot to say.
2: Yeah, there is a lot to
1: say, but we love it. We can say that definitively. We love it. Absolutely love it. And we love you guys as well. And thank you so much for joining us. And I know you're going to be waiting on the edge of your seats about what these olds have to say about this young person show. And we will be there for you. We love you guys very much. And I hope you have a beautiful holiday if you celebrate. And if not, have a great time anyway. We love you so much. We'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much, MJ.
2: Thank you, Jackie.
1: Okay, we love you. We're thankful for you. Bye. Bye.
0: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that Dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost.
2: The legends are true. Overwhelming power.
1: The sauce of destiny.
0: Yes!